welcome to another episode of The First Incision, a CMF podcast, where we open up topics at the interface of faith and medicine that affect our Christian lives in today's world. I'm your host, James Howitt, and I've got with me Noel and Laura. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, James. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. So Noel is a uh, health clinical research fellow, uh, and Laura is a pediatrician and a PhD researcher, I believe, as well. That's right. Wonderful. So, I mean, that that all sounds really incredible. You guys must have, I mean, way more than... The, the topic we're going with, obviously, is 35,000 decisions a day, but you guys must make way more than that. How um, how did you come to, to, to be interested in talking about this stuff? Well, I think there's a number of different reasons. One is that um, we love being with people, we love being with other health professionals and the whole theme of decisions is something that weighs on people's hearts and minds hugely because like you inferred there, like as health professionals, we are making so many decisions a day and that's just at work, that's not even in our private lives and everything else. So as people, we're carrying a massive burden of decision making um, but also how can we see decision making as a blessing and how to manage some of the stress and responsibility that comes with it and how to thrive and grow and actually enjoy the depth of your relationship with God that flourishes from decision making with him. Could you tell me um, a little bit about kind of why, so we've already touched on it a little bit, but why decision making is particularly kind of important for you guys? Have there been particular decisions in your life that you feel like you've had to have made that have kind of shaped this talk that you're giving today? The decision making has been a vital part uh, in my life personally because when I was a 18-year uh, uh, student after A-levels, uh, I had this huge decision that I had to make uh, in taking up medicine. And the only option at that time I had was uh, to either go to Russia and uh, pursue medicine or stay in India and do something non-medical. Oh, wow. And I had this deep-seated peace about this decision that uh, I was about to take uh, by going to Russia, which clearly had its challenges, its difficulties, and from every side I was uh, surrounded by pure difficulties um, and challenges. But I knew that this decision is going to transform my every next step that I'm going to take in my life. And God had a, a plan in place and he gave me the peace about it. And there my journey started with that first step that I took in my life, that first decision to do what God has called me to do, is to take up the challenge to go to Russia uh, and pursue medicine and learn the language, uh, accept the people of Russia, love the people of Russia. So you had no experience of Russia at all before going and doing this? I didn't know a single word of Russian language wow. before going to Russia. And uh, the first three months of being in Russia were absolutely difficult. But once again, that decision came in front of me that do I go back back home or do I stay grounded? And once again, I got that peace within me and God prompting saying, there is a purpose, there is a reason why I brought you to this place and I want you to be grounded and stay where you are and you will see my purposes fulfill in your life and the promises that I have in store for you in this very country. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I feel like we could sit here for half an hour and talk about that, to be honest. I, so I just want to ask, what did you do after medical school in Russia? Did you stay in Russia or did you go elsewhere? Well, another decision came in front of me when I was in the fourth year, okay. where this uh, junior doctor from the United Kingdom comes uh, on a mission trip, which I was uh, an organizer of this event 
uh, of, a, of a Christian Christian charity called Prime. Um, and this is Laura, my wife, sat there, how we met in Russia. And no plans of getting into a relationship or getting married to anyone, but God puts this perfect person in front of me and tells me that you've got to say yes uh, and get into a relationship. So uh, God has his own ways and miraculous ways of doing things. Um, and here we are, uh, 10 years later, we've just recently uh, celebrated our 10 years of wedding. Congratulations. And we've got two beautiful kids and uh, we are just seeing God's miracles in our lives. Well, I mean, it sounds like you guys have obviously had to make some some pretty big decisions uh, in your life at various times. Let's, um, yeah, let's let's kind of pull back a little bit from that then and, and talk a bit about decision making more generally. So, first of all, how um, how do we practically uh, kind of as human beings, um, how much control do we actually have over our decisions? Do you think? Well, I think different views and science say different things. I think that word control means different things to different people even in the christian context and i think if you take the sort of extremes either the the view that god controls us like robots and we do not have free choice that our destiny is set in stone and we walk a path without choice i don't believe that's biblically correct but equally i don't believe that we're helpless beings just wash along by the train of every thought that comes through and um, that's also not what the bible tells us about our ability to interact with what's happening in our mind and I strongly feel that the Bible says that we are whole people that we are body mind and spirit and we are all connected and our mind and our thoughts and how our body responds to those thoughts and those feelings and how our body talks to our mind are so integrated that actually the control comes one when we have more understanding of what's happening in our body and more understanding about the foundations upon which we should make decisions that's when our ability to see truth to make wise decisions and to have more control over those voices and thoughts that come start to develop and I think one of the things that Noel and I very strongly feel when it comes to decision making and particularly as Christians it's about building that foundation of relationship with God first so that when the big decisions come in life, you have such a deep-rooted decision with uh, such a deep-rooted trust in God as your father that you already have a really strong foundation, a relational foundation, an identity from which to go forward and make that decision. And that's in decision-making science as well. We know that what you perceive to be your identity has massive implications for what you then decide is risk and what decision you then decide to take, and what you believe the overall long-term consequences of that will be. So we have a lot of interest in building that strength and strengthening that foundation um, for people and for Christians so that when these things come, you're not suddenly all at sea. You've got that strong foundation to build on. Wow. As a pediatrician, do you think that um, that kind of the, the way the decision-making changes as we grow and become adolescents and then adults, how our decision-making processes change, do you think there's kind of an element there that we can see oh definitely definitely and you know when we start as babies really our bodily drives are shouting at us the loudest 
about, you know, we need food now, we need rest now, we need love now, we need comfort now. And as we grow older, the ability to make decisions and to be able to see into the future gets more and more complex. And that's why we need to understand and be a lot more caring about adolescence and not assume that all those abilities to view in the future are there yet because they're still growing and they're still building. Um, and as we get into adulthood, they get more and more complex and we have more and more resources and abilities to make those decisions. But actually that pattern of growth and that decisions along the way and what has happened to you in your life does shape where you are when you get to adulthood. In terms of control uh, in decision making from a Christian perspective, as a Christian medic, uh, it's very important that we give that control to God. And there is no control when it comes to how God wants to lead us uh, in in what he has in store for us. And though that decision that we have to make sounds crazy, but there's something really great that God has prepared for us uh, that he wants us to take that decision and go forward, move forward and enjoy. Um, how then, I suppose, um, if we've kind of moved through adolescence and looking into adulthood, how how do we practically and spiritually, how do we work on making good decisions, make, work on making godly decisions, do you think? I think it's very important as a Christian to uh, give Christ the first priority in our life and the decision-making process uh, becomes easier from that context. It doesn't mean that the decision that we've taken would lead us through a easier, simpler life. It might be much more difficult than the comfortable decision that uh, me in my body is wanting to do and settle down in a more comfortable place. So I think it is very important for for us to realize what God wants us to do. Uh, listen to what God wants us to do as well. And I understand that not always we hear the audible voice of God. Uh, and I personally don't listen to God's voice every time. Uh, by that I mean, for me, he, he communicates with me by bringing opportunities in front of me and gives me that inner peace saying no this is what you need to do I think for me those core themes of identity and just taking the time in your life to stop and look at who has God made me to be and what gifts has he given me and what spiritual gifts has he given me and what are those deep desires in my heart that I believe are there because I really don't believe that God gives us these deep nudges and visions and dreams in our hearts ever to taunt or tease us and I think they always speak to an underlying purpose that God has placed in us that he wants us to outwork and I think one of the powerful things when you're making a decision is to understand yourself and what God is calling you to do because you when you know that line of the arrow that you're trying to shoot then you know what you can say yes to because it's in line with your purpose and equally powerful you know much more clearly what you should say no to with grace and that is equally important and I think especially as medics where we've got so much pressure to do more and more and more and more and we can also feel pressure from our church environments because people recognize that generally we're fairly capable and we're very good at quite looking calm on the outside and so 
with the, with the greatest intention meant we can also have approaches from our church family to do more and more and more and take leadership roles and then perhaps we're involved with clubs and voluntary societies and so on and we can end up in such a flurry of busyness that we actually lose who we are and our purpose so some of the greatest decisions can actually be giving things up to be able to move forward towards your purpose and purpose as well is not just to be a pediatric consultant or to be a GP, but actually those those deep core values that fit in line with the fruits of the spirit and those core characteristics of God who we are made to reflect. So for example, for me, the core that I always feel nudging at my heart is about justice and is about enabling people whose voices are currently not heard for their own voice to now be heard. And if things that come my way fit with that, then I have a much stronger, deep knowledge that this should be a yes. Even if that sounds risky, even after immediately after I say yes, I have a bit of a vulnerability crash, but I know it's in line with God's purpose for me. Um, and when you stop and you know yourself and you know what God says about you, not what your consultant says about you or your parents have said about you or your peers say about you, that deeper knowledge of, of you and your purpose and you before Christ is a really guiding light and a guiding step to making clear decisions. And so how do we begin, if, if there are people listening who think, I understand that my identity is in Christ, but I don't really understand kind of going forwards from that, where that leaves me in my identity in terms of decision-making, how, it sounds like that's something that you have a fairly good understanding about for yourself. Like how did you, um, how did you develop that understanding, I suppose? I think you develop that understanding sometimes by just taking the first step um, because it's hard to move forward if it's just brain candy, if it's all just thoughts and you don't act. And there comes to a point of if, for example, I can feel nudging in my heart, there's something about justice here, there's something about justice here. Now there is power in me praying about that and praying about that and praying about that and reading about that. But there is also a time where I need to take an action. So for me, that was seeking out um, skilled professionals and charities working in the field of modern slavery and human trafficking and working out how could I fit into that. That means deliberately seeking out books from people who have worked in the field with trafficking survivors after genocide. That means when an opportunity comes for me to work with trafficked young people, I say yes, when perhaps many other people would say no, because it's in, can be intimidating and feel very vulnerable. Um, and it's not that you just suddenly zoom up to this place where you are reaching where you feel your purpose was or the dream that you had 10 years before. It's just step by step by step, um, one thing at a time. Um, and for me, what happened with sort of seeking that justice is that I started caring for those trafficked children in a clinic and started feeling that we could do better for these young people. And then, well, could I be the one to perhaps research a way to do this better? And then just Googling and finding people who were working in that field, asking questions and putting myself forward and say, I'm interested in this. Could you give me the next step? And then taking that next step when it came. And I've now got to the position of being able to help advise our NHS on modern slavery and health and even our government. And that's just step by step by step. Nobody just zooms there. But if I'd only stayed in that position of just knowing justice was in my heart and just always, always, always preparing and never ever sort of land in the plane, 
then you one you feel frustrated in your decision making and frustrated in your purpose but two you don't get to experience that real joy of walking in a decision that God has guided you into so I think most people would agree that as Christians it's fairly obvious that uh, we're called to, to often to make different decisions to to kind of what the world would think that idea of being in the world but not of the world um, but is there a difference not just in the decisions that we make as Christians but how we go about kind of working through and making decisions as Christians as Christian I think one of the biggest things that really helps is that we have a different perspective so I think if you don't have a faith in God and you believe your life is very temporary, then it's incredibly logical that you do the best thing just for you and those you love. And that makes sense. But when you're a Christian, you have a very different perspective, both on who you are and your purpose in the world and your call to love others, not only the lovable ones, but the ones who completely creep you out (laughs) and the ones who you find really challenging and difficult. And your perspective means that you are not only looking at the end of your life, but you are looking into eternity. And that perspective for me changes everything. Because what you chase and what you count as success and what you count as failure is totally changed in the light of a God who loves you and a God who is not there with a scorecard and a God who's not going to be there looking at your e-portfolio or your number of audits or anything like that. Which well, that, the world that was, a, that was a waste then wasn't it yeah that was a real waste that wasn't it but thank goodness for that <laughs> so I think knowing knowing that there's something beauty in community as well and that you're not all on your own and I don't think Christians should ever use that as an excuse for not trying to do their best I think God really wants us to be excellent in our medical profession and in being faithful husband and wives and doing our best with our children so We don't want to use that as a cop-out for being lethargic or even, you know, deliberately sinful in what we're doing. Um, But knowing that your God has got you and he's totally got you means that you can take risk and you analyse risk very, very differently. I think for me, I wanted to read from uh, Ephesians 1 uh, verse 11 where Paul writes, In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his of his will. So I think in, so in the practicalities of taking that decision, we need to realize that actually God is the one who has chosen us. It's not me who has chosen him, but he's chosen me. And it's not me who loved him, but he loved me first. And there is there is a plan and a purpose as per his will uh, on this earth. So it becomes very obvious to my human mind that um, though I have a choice, but actually God has already chosen, planned, predestined everything that he wants me to do on this earth for his will, not what I want to do for myself and for my ego and for my career. It's all about his kingdom. So I think it's an important uh, fact to recognize from the Bible that we essentially need to say yes. It might sound a very simple thing to do, but I think we struggle to say yes to what God has already planned, predestined for us. So and I just uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you would you agree then that God has a plan for us, but that we have to uh, I suppose agree to follow along with that plan and and to make those choices? 
I believe that God always gives us that choice to say yes or no. Um, and that dictates uh, what the rest of our life is going to be. I don't think God is a God who spoon feeds us uh, from the day we are born. Uh, he gives us those choices when we are adults and we uh, we have that choice to say yes or no and and let him take the control. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really amazing to to hear what you both have to say and, and hear a little bit about your story as well. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, just before we go, is there anything that you'd suggest other kind of resources for people who maybe have been listening to the podcast and said, that's really interesting, but I'd like to, to read a bit more or find out more about this kind of topic? Anything that you can suggest for us? I think it's worthwhile everybody takes time to get to know who God has created them to be. So I think it is useful to go and do spiritual gifts questionnaires a lot of them are available free online and probably your church pastor can advise a really good one one of the things I've been discovering is that your spiritual motivational gifts actually also impact the way you see suffering and you see the world and you approach decisions for example if you have the gift of mercy then you will be so good at empathizing with people and coming alongside them if they're in a difficult situation with a decision. And you'll be the most wonderful person to sit with somebody through an extended period of difficulty. But if you are somebody who has the spiritual gift of exhortation, for example, you're somebody who wants to speak truth, unlock people and move them forward. And you will see the same situation through a different lens to do with your gifting. So explore that, explore the strengths and the weaknesses God has given you and be empowered to to go with the strengths God has given you and not to fight back and always pick what you're weakest at in a way to sort of bolster them up. But if God has blessed you with certain gifts or leadership or whatever that is, explore that further, seek out books on wisdom, both secular and Christian, to move you forward in understanding the skill set God is giving you to surrender to him to move forward. I would recommend two two books that have uh, really impacted me. Uh, the first one being uh, The Last Arrow by Irwin McManus. Um, and the story is about um, uh, from Second Kings where, where the king is asked to shoot the arrows, um, but he decides to shoot only limited numbers of arrows and not all the arrows that he's supposed to shoot um, and I would recommend everyone to go and read that story and and the book uh, and the uh, and the idea of the book is to use uh, all the potentials that God has given you that don't keep your quivers full of arrows you need to use them all for what God has called you to do and maximize uh, maximize from this wonderful life that God has given and recently I've been reading the devotional uh, from Bear Grylls called Soul Fuel and um, as we all know Bear he uh, with his adventures and um, and great things that he's done in the in the wild uh, he's so raw so so real and so genuine in his love for Christ and um, talking about the weaknesses and reliance on God and I really, really recommend uh, to read that uh, devotional because it, it has had a great impact on my life. Amazing. Guys, thank you so much. It's been great to have you both. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of your time here at conference. And I hope everyone listening has, had, uh, has enjoyed listening. And uh, we will see you in two weeks' time. Thank you very much and God bless. Mm-hmm.